Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. Come on, give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah, I will. Come on, this is our responsibility. This is our time. We are alive. We are the generation. And we sang the song before this one. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. I gave you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. This is our time to rise and shine in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. A big hug to each one of you. Big love to all of you. Welcome to Faith TV all across the nations of the earth. Welcome to Dr. Andre and Jenny Raymond Praise TV. What a great honor to be with you tonight. We welcome you. Facebook Live, YouTube Live, CRC Online, radio stations, people, people all over Russia, Israel, America, Europe, India, Pakistan, China, Africa. And then, of course, in our beautiful country, South Africa, churches with us, thousands in Bloemfontein, in Johannesburg tonight. Lady Brand, Belito, Bethlehem, Cape Town, Durban. Welcome these people. They're part of the service. Tens of thousands. East London, Falls Bay, George, Jeffries Bay, Katu, Kimberley, Clarkstorp, Kales, Rafir, Marking, Malmesbury, Mitchell's Plain, Moy, Noy, Nels, Braid, Paul, Peter Maritzburg, Polokwane, Port Elizabeth, Potchefstroom, Kwakwa, Rustenburg, Uppington, Welcome, Wooster, Gaberone, Tsumi, Onge, Devalswakopman, Vintuk. Hey, that's a miracle. We are preaching the gospel to churches all over South Africa and people all over the nations of the earth right now from Swane. Praise God, man, met player Gholma. Well, you seem like an excited bunch tonight. Take your seats. Don't forget, we have our harvest event in George, our first harvest event of the year. We're very excited in the Otaniqua Stadium. So we are preparing our first stadium event. We are expecting four or five thousand people at least to be there and uh, a thousand plus people to get saved. Listen, pray for the weather. God is the orchestrator of the weather, right? So uh, we don't look at the weather report. We look at God's report. So please pray intercessors that we have perfect skies and that we are going to have a great harvest in George. And then we are having harvest events all over South Africa in stadiums. Hallelujah. Also in Bloemfontein, Springbok Park. Uh, we were negotiating for Supersport Park for Easter, but we decided to keep it indoors this year. But uh, soon we are going to be have a massive harvest event right here in Pretoria, Gauteng, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going for souls. And uh, God's going to be gracious and we're going to get more people saved than we would have over the last two years. So watch what God is going to do very soon in, in uh, um, Port Elizabeth, let me say that. Also Nell Sprite and many other pastors are still waking up to the fact that they can have harvest events. Okay, so here we go. Are you ready? I'm going to give you some godly advice tonight. So get out your notebook, your notepad, your iPad, whatever you have, and you better uh, write. Because I'm talking to what I believe is the greatest generation emerging on planet Earth. But there's a lot of things you have to know to execute what God has called you to execute. And the Bible says one generation teaches the next generation. 
So we have to talk to you about the things that matter, not just your style, uh, not just how cool you are, but the things that matter. Are you ready? How many of you are planning to finish strong one day? Lift your hand and say amen. How many of you want to stand before Jesus one day and you're well done, good and faithful servant? Lift your hand and say amen. And you can give Him a praise, amen, while you're busy. He has a sad reality for people who start in the ministry in their 20s, less than 10% are still in the ministry in their 60s. The fallout rate is amazing. And also in Christianity. So it's not how on fire you are today, it's how you will serve God 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, and where you will be the day you leave this earth. So my message tonight, to get your attention in the next 29 minutes, is always keep the end in mind. So when you ask the girl to marry you, remember it's a marathon. And before you say, I do, you better understand what you're getting into. Because the Bible promises when you get married, you will have many tribulations and many trials. That means after you say, I do, you are going to have much trouble. Oops. <laughs> Amen. So it'll be quick to say, I do to Mr. Chalmer. Think about it and keep the end in mind. Is this the man I'm going to live with for the next 60 years? Is this the woman I'm going to live with for the next 60, 70 years? Not how in love you are now. Because feelings fade. They come and go. But commitment is what keeps you in the process. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 8, the Bible says, The end of a thing is better than its beginning. Ecclesiastes 9:11, I returned under the sun and saw under the sun that the race is not unto the swift. We all saw them in the Comrades Marathon, the first 10 kilometers, they're the front runners. And when it comes to the end, they're nowhere to be seen. Matthew 24, 13, the Bible says, but he who endures to the end will be saved. Now, how you start anything, it's how you finish it. It's how you run, it's how you respect the process. It's your understanding of the journey. It's your unwillingness to quit when everybody else wants to quit. I have found that most people underestimate what they can do in a lifetime and overestimate what they can do in a moment. That's why most people live from day to day. This is how the world talks to you. That's why you struggle to find young people, maybe you excluded, that understand commitment, loyalty, faithfulness, endurance, sticking it out when it's not feeling good. Words that are lost to the young generation. Everything out there in the world promises you easy access, instant results. And yes, you have easy access into the grace of God, but if you are gonna finish, you need some endurance and spiritual determination. The world teaches you, if you don't like it, get out of it. If it no longer suits you, if it's not convenient, then get out of it. Find something better. Find another partner. Find another house. Find another job. I wonder how many young people lost the promotion because they would not stick it out in the company because they never heard the conversations that were happening in the boardroom. They were the next in line. 
But because of lack of character, lack of endurance, they are the ones that missed out. So they jump from job to job, career to career, city to city. They never put their roots down. They never grow. They never flourish and they never become strong. I'm sure like Paul, we want to finish strong one day. We want to run this race with endurance. To 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Spoke about it this morning. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all those who love His appearing. So one day we are going to stand before Jesus, say Amen. And if you are excited about that, then give Him a radical praise in the Name of Jesus. Come on. We are ready to stand before our Saviour. So you read Paul's letters to Timothy on the one hand, he encourages Timothy to be strong and resilient in his pursuit of his assignment. On the other hand, he makes it pretty clear, I am finishing strong. I have kept the faith. I've stayed on course. I have done what God called me to do on planet Earth. So let's talk about finishing strong. Five things tonight very quickly. Number one, you have to live with eternity in mind. You cannot live for the year and the now. You cannot live for the moment. You cannot lose yourself because of a moment, because of a party moment. You have to, every day of your life, be eternity minded, because that is what matters. You don't want to sell out down here and lose up there. We saw in 1 Peter chapter 1 this morning that there is an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, an inheritance that does not fade away, that is reserved in heaven for you and for me. Those who are kept by the power of God, those who held on to faith, faith that is more costly and more precious than gold, than rubies, than diamonds, than anything this world has to offer. Realize, and I don't want to recap this morning, that we will all stand before Jesus one day and we will give account for the lives we lived. Whether you believe it or not, Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, it's appointed for men to die and appear before the judgment seat of Christ to give account of the life that you lived. So you have to live with eternity in mind. I'll say it again. You have to live with eternity in mind. Because it's not how you start this Christian journey. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his soul? You want to date that guy with eternity in mind. You want to work in that company with eternity in mind. That means you're not going to sell out. You're not going to sleep with the director to get the promotion. You're not going to lose your dignity on the business trip because everybody else does it. You are going to be different because you are a child of God. You are bought with the blood of Jesus Christ and you are not ready to sell out to the world. You are separated from this world. You are isolated from this world. You are insulated unto God in the world, not of the world. Come on, if you believe it, that you are heaven bound, jump to your feet and give Him a praise in Jesus' Name. So what I do today affects tomorrow. The most precious thing I have is my faith. And I should be unwilling to compromise my faith. I should protect and preserve my faith. I should pass it on, as I said this morning. 
I should proclaim my faith when I go with my friends. Now remember, as I shared this morning, many of you weren't in church, the evening service is your service. We're not talking about being a sour a Christian that is not in touch with the world. Paul says, I don't say don't keep company with adulterers and fornicators and drunkards and uh, gluttons, etc. of this world, because if you did that, you had to go out of the world. He says, no. He says, but you are there to influence them. They are not there to influence you. You are there to share your faith and to make sure that they enter what you have, salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ. So if you are going to finish strong in any area of your life, you have to keep eternity in mind. Then you won't take the bribe. Then you won't cheat. Then you won't tell that lie. Then you won't sell out to that person because you realize your actions down here affect your status up there. Number two, count the cost. Oh, it's something people don't want to hear about today. Very unpopular to say there's a price to pay if you are going to build anything of significance, you need to be willing to pay a personal sacrifice. You need to develop personal discipline. In the book, Good to Great, Jim Collins writes five things that make any business from a good business or turn it from a good to a great business. And he says, if you can build the culture of discipline in every one of your staff members, you will have a great business, a great company where nobody has to police you, where nobody has to get you out of bed, nobody has to get you to work, nobody has to get you to church. You have the culture of discipline, something that is lacking. My generation were just like you. Slechte service, ach ek bedoel, Okay, that's an army terminology. We live for ourselves as well. You're not this special generation. We also were sleeping until nine o'clock in the morning and, and mama had to get up two o'clock in the morning when I came home drunk and they, she'd make food for me and make sure her boy was okay. It wasn't, it's not just you that are entitled. We also were entitled. That is until the day you cleared in. And you no longer have a name. You have a number. 8030124 Those years when I could have hair, I had long hair. I had beads around my neck, an earring in my ear. I was a rebel. <laughs> and I mean, when they cut my hair, I wanted to cry. I mean, I thought, what in the world? You are stripping me of my dignity. And then they gave me an overall what, that was three times to beg and gave me a trommel. And suddenly, as she a troop. Oh, you were mama's boy. You played rugby. You were the star pupil. You were Mr. Who's Who. And suddenly they stripped everything from you. Why? To break you before they build you. To teach you the principle of discipline. To teach you the principle of the whole matters more than the individual. And together we are the sum total of we could accomplish if we all execute ourselves in the gift 
in the place that God positioned us. Discipline. How clean is your car? How clean is your bedroom? Have you even made your bed this weekend? I spoke to a young guy, I won't say who, and he said, my, my bed sleeps so much better if I don't make it. I thought, sure, you like bed bugs and you like fleas and you like flies and you obviously like disease. I pity the girl that marries you one day because you're just a stinky stink. Discipline. You are who you are when no one is watching. Discipline in character. Discipline in habits. Discipline in prayer. Discipline in Bible study. Discipline. As a matter of fact, when we talk about being a disciple of Jesus Christ, the root word of discipleship is discipline. Discipline takes you beyond your feelings, your emotions, your wants, your likes. I don't like to get up 4.30 in the morning in the army. I didn't like to have to square my bed. I mean, in the army, everything was round. They made you square. Alles wat rond was, moest jy in a vierkant gemaak het. If you go, actually it's very interesting, if you go to my closet, my shirts look exactly the same. They all perfectly square. I don't tolerate it if, if my things aren't perfect, like square. What I saw in the army, they must be perfect, color-coded. My shirts must be color-coded. Everything must be color-coded. I've said to the lady that works for me, listen, these are white shirts. What is a, a blue shirt doing here? This is go from light to dark. Discipline. Where did I learn it? Where did I learn to iron my own clothes, which I never did? I used to dump my clothes on the floor and somebody picked it up for me and put it in the basket and then I found it in my cupboard again. And then I went to the army. There was nobody to pick up my clothes. There was nobody to iron my clothes. There was nobody to wash my clothes. I had to learn what it is to be a disciplined human being where I take responsibility for my life, for this body, for this mind, for this spirit, that I'm the product of my choices and my decisions. Cannot determine what happened to me in the past, but the day I meet Jesus Christ, I can take control by the grace of God and through dedication to the Word of God and to the call of God, I can become dedicated I can become disciplined. I can renew my mind. I can pray. I can study. I can do anything by changing myself through the principle of discipline. Counting the cost means to say no. It means on social media to block and delete those who harass you. You need to put your emotions aside, girls, and you need to just viciously block and delete some men. And for that matter, some of you men must block and delete as well. If you're a married person, you've got no, you've got no business sending a heart, whether it's a yellow heart or a green heart, or a red heart, or a pink heart, or a blue heart to anybody, amen. And if you're unmarried, you've got no business sending a heart to anybody that's married. 
You don't send a little friendship heart. <laughs> Disciplined in your prayer life. Disciplined in your Bible reading. Being a non-conformer takes discipline. Getting up when everybody else is sleeping takes discipline. Putting in the hard yards when nobody's watching requires discipline. Those are the people that get ahead in life. Understanding and committing yourself to the process, which is not a 100 meter sprint or a 400 meter sprint, but a marathon of 40, 50 years. And sadly, after having been a pastor for 37 years, I see most people are so messed up by the time they are 50 and have so many crises, plural, that they stop living. No vision, no passion, no future, because they just allowed life to be. They never positioned themselves, they never sat down, they never asked the questions that matter. What is it that I want to accomplish in life? What is it that I value most? What is at the top of my list that I will not compromise on for anybody? My brother and my sister, it better be Jesus first and the Word of God first. It better be the Church of Jesus and the Church of Jesus Christ first. There are certain things you should never compromise on and you should never allow anybody to influence you concerning your faith in Christ. So Jesus addresses this in Luke 14, verse 25. He says, Great multitudes went with Him and He turned and said to them, If anyone comes to Me and does not hate his father, mother, wife, children, brother, sisters, yes, his own life also, he cannot be My disciple. Now He doesn't say go hate your wife. He says, In comparison to your love for Me, nobody else may come close. Whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Bear your cross, sacrifice your will. It's not always about feelings. It's about commitment. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided. I have decided. I don't decide every day. I don't decide every morning. I don't decide only when the sun is up. I don't decide when it's not holiday. I have decided, I'm a disciple of Christ. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. It's not a negotiation. It's not a debate. This is who I am. I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I'm a disciple of Christ. I'm bought with the blood. I do not think about this every day. I don't decide every day whether I'm gonna sell out to the world. I have picked up my cross and I'm following Jesus Christ. It says, for which of you, it's talking about disciples of intending to build a tower or a building or a church building like this, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it. At least after he's laid the foundation, it's not able to finish. All who see it begin to mock him and say, ah, isn't that the guy that used to talk about Jesus and now he's an atheist? Isn't he the guy that used to be passionate about Jesus and now he is drinking everywhere? Never counted the cost and affected other people. So he says, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he's able with 10,000 to meet him 
who comes against him with 20,000 or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. I never wrote that. Salt is good, but if salt loses its flavour, that is when Christian, Christians become lukewarm, undecided, uncommitted, half-hearted in the way they follow Christ. How shall it be seasoned? The world is neither fit for the land nor for the dunghill. Can't even use it for the dunghill. You get that? Understand what that means? Huh? But men throw it out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So following Jesus requires a personal cost. Don't kid yourself. Following Jesus Christ will cost you. Following Jesus Christ cost me my friends. Following Jesus Christ cost me my girlfriend. Following Jesus Christ cost me a lot. But it was nothing in comparison with the gain I received when I committed to the journey of following Jesus. So people say, I've given up so much to follow Jesus, man. You've given up, given up absolutely nothing. You've given up sin and the wages of sin is death. You've given up death, you've given up hell and God has given you eternal life in the Name of Jesus Christ, hallelujah. Oh, give Him a praise in Jesus' Name. So count the cost before you ask her to marry you. Because it's an expensive thing. <laughs> right. Are you married? Okay. It's expensive for your husband, right? No, women are working today. There's a lot of girls today, especially in, in jo Joburg here, it says, I'm not marrying pastor because men are lazy. Men don't want to work. Not yeah. Dat is allemaal niet vrijstaat niet. Dat is een man nog een man. Hoe wonder je dat of je een man is? Nee, je is een man. Nee, die verfijnde... Nee, ik kan niet. Nee, ik ga niet. Oké, let's get on. Listen, girl, you don't want to marry a guy without a spine. You don't want to marry a guy that's not going anywhere. You don't marry a guy, you want to marry a guy that's, that, 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 that can't stick anything out. You don't want to marry a guy that's, that's a big baby. Because you, you, don't want a, you don't want a child. You're going to have children. You don't want a man that's a baby. Now granted, as men, I'm a man as well, when we are sick, we are the worst babies, right? Because what do we want? We want attention. So when we're sick, that's our time. But for the rest of the time, you man up, you take responsibility, you straighten your back, you blame nobody, you take responsibility, whether you're 20, whether you're 23, you're a male by birth, you're a man by choice, you man up, you stand up, you show up, you don't complain, you don't murmur. We didn't have a complaints department in the army. We didn't have anywhere to go and say, well, this corporal is victimizing me. Nee, hy sê vir jou, as ek sê, onk, so staas en dan beweeg jy. Onk, dan hard loop jy. Die sê daar, so 20 jaar oud, die sê, niemand sê vir my wat ek moet doen nie. 
Jy, wat nog niks in die leven bereik het nie, is nie neerhalend met jou nie. Jy wat nog moet leer, wat die leven is, alwetend, nie bereid om vir enig iemand te luister nie, jy gaan nie verkom in die leven nie. Because the world doesn't tolerate people like you. Your mama does, but the world out there, the business world, they don't tolerate people like that. And especially if you're a white male, listen to me very carefully. You better work your backside off. You better be very disciplined. Because if you look in, in South Africa, and it's, it's not something that's going to hold you back from your destiny, the employment list says black female, black male, colored female, colored male, um, disabled, Indian female, Indian male, white female, white male. So you're at the bottom of the barrel. That doesn't matter. It's not a racist statement, it's a factual statement. It's, 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 it's South Africa. You understand that? So if you're somebody that lives with a yanni yammer sickle attitude, verstaan jy? Huh? Wat denk jy gaan jy kom? Nerens. Nerens. Want al die veel jammer krijg jou ma en jou pa. Niemand anders krijg jou jammer nie. Die bewijs is die beste. Jy moet opstaan. Jy moet geleendheer skep. Jy moet discipline aan die dag le. Jy moet oor jouself kom. Jouself belangrikheid moet jy oorkom. Jy moet jy gebroke raak. Jy moet een man word. So, um, where are we now with the TV? <laughs> God bless you all. So number three, you want to finish strong one day, you have to pace yourself. Every day matters. Every year matters. Every month matters. If you want to get anywhere in life, you have to respect T-I-M-E. George Michael sang a song. Um, he died at 52 um, from a drug overdose. Uh, very sad story, his life. One of the most talented singers that ever lived on the earth, etc. And he wrote a song about time. And he, the, that song is the first time I ever saw Simon Cowell cry. That Mr. Uh, uh, American Idol, when this man sang, where has time gone? And it was like a cry, I'm praying for more time. Time is like this. When you see again, you're 20, then you are 30, then you are 40, then you are 50. You, when you see again, you have a baby, then that baby is big. Time waits for no man. Time is your most valuable asset. We're not talking about the gift of faith, but we're talking about an asset that you have to make work for you. Understanding it and respecting it and working with it. Because today will never be repeated tomorrow. This moment will never be again. So what you do today determines tomorrow. You sit and you sulk, you sit and you complain, you make yourself a more negative individual. Or you can use your time to be productive, to change your mind, change your attitude, renew your mind, think the thoughts of God, get over your pain, confess the Word of God, build a great treasure in your heart that takes time and discipline and you will see change happen 
little by little. Listen, God loves you. God cares about you. You are valuable. You are precious. Thank you for all of you watching this program. We have one hour together and I have to say bye-bye. But I want to remind you that the most important thing about life is eternity. Not to be heavenly minded that we know earthly good, but to understand that we have one life and we have to make it count. Mark Twain said, the two most important days of your life is the day that you're born and the second is the day you discover why you were born. Don't float through life. When you meet your Saviour as Paul did on the road to Damascus, he met the Christ and he said, who are you, Jesus? And Jesus reveals Himself to Paul. The second thing Paul prays, he says, what is it that you want me to do? He discovers his purpose and he lives that purpose. And so can you. But it starts in a relationship with Jesus Christ, not messing about, but having a moment in the presence of God where you encounter God for yourself. And you don't run with the masses and you don't uh, uh, just become what everybody else dictates for you to become. No, you are defined by Him and for Him. And that is what you can do tonight. Give yourself to Jesus Christ. Discover your worth and your value in the presence of God and then discover your why. Why was I born? What am I meant to do? That you will discover through the person of Jesus Christ. I pray that you have an encounter with God. I pray that you pursue God with all your heart. And I pray that God leads you in His paths of righteousness for His name. Say, God bless you. In Jesus' Name, Amen and Amen. So today's actions determine tomorrow. You can't approach a 100 kilometer marathon like a sprint. You talk to many people, they sprint from day to day, from month to month, from year to year. There's always something better next year. There's always something they are looking for. No, you have to be clear about your assignment in life and understand that this is a marathon. You have to understand the distance, that it is a long race. You're married, by the grace of God, it's 50, 60, 70 years with the same person, right? It's not a death sentence, it's reality. You raise a child, it's for life. You raised that child, you made that child, now you raise that child. Don't complain that you have children and they're robbing you of your freedom. You decided to have that child, so count the cost. Commit yourself to the finish, to raise the child for the glory of God, to finish what you started, to finish the endeavour. If you sign up as a volunteer, you don't pale out when it no longer suits you. You show up even when it's inconvenient. You show up because you gave your word. You don't just bail out and send a weak SMS and say, I cannot make it because you start that pattern, it's gonna go through every area of your life. The Bible is very clear and it teaches us that if you make a commitment, you have to keep it even to your own heart. You give your word, you keep your word, you honour your word. Pacing yourself means pain is irrelevant. Say it, pain is irrelevant. It's part of the journey. Emotional pain, emotional fatigue, bodily pain. When we did the phosphate in the military uh, and, and different courses you have to do, your body told you, you're tired, you cannot go anymore. And then you discovered you're not even halfway, but you had to convince yourself and you had to learn to put pain aside. 
pain is part of the process, betrayal. The pain that you go through is not your license to bail out. It's your license to become more determined, to dig deeper, to run stronger in Jesus' Name. Feeling like quitting is irrelevant. We all feel like quitting at times. Quitting is part of the journey. Oh, I want to go live in Cape Town. I'm tired of the rat race in Gauteng. I just want to go ride a bicycle every day of my life. And I want to smell the roses. Yuck, 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 yuck. Pace yourself. Have a longer holiday. Don't think you're the only one going through that foolishness. I also did. When I used to go to America a lot, and I came back to Bloemfontein, respect to Bloemfontein, I love the city, but I had a great opportunity to immigrate to America, to 2000 uh, Church in Texas. And uh, I'm in Bloemfontein, the church then wasn't even a thousand, one and a half thousand. And this sat with me for seven years, where I thought, I'm getting out of South Africa. Every time I threw back, flew back to Bloemfontein, I thought, what art thou doing yeah, let me do my new English word for the day. What are you, what are you doing here? No, I don't have a word. What doest thou here? Because I've come back from America and it stimulates me because everything works. Everything is excellent. Everything is big. Everything is, because my brain works like that. That's how I seek God. And I got frustrated every time I got back to South Africa. Don't even talk about today. Thank God I'm sane. Otherwise, if I have to look at service delivery and roads and the incompetence of our municipalities and some of them arrogant. By the way, we won that court case against this Tswani municipality. And that will be published in News 24. Pick a fight with the right dog. With cost. They're paying the cost. And part of the judgment was you wasting taxpayers' money with your nonsense. So what did I say before I distracted myself? Texas. Because you just came back from skiing. I battled with this. Like many people do. God's, I've seen how many people make this mistake. God's blessing their business and it's thriving and they're 40 or they're 50 and they think, I just want to take it easy. Then they move to the coast somewhere and they just become a shadow of what they was. And their business deteriorates, they deteriorate, everything deteriorates. If God's blessing your business, go and complain. Thank God. Thank Him. Praise Him. Honor Him. Stay in the process. Hallelujah. Come on, stay in the process. Listen to me. I can tell you story about story where people lost their, their, their focus on their assignment because they thought hard work is part of the curse. I'm tired of working, but you're only 38. I'm, I, need, I need to take it easy, but you're only 50. What's wrong with you? When God made Adam, He said, six days you will grind. Six days you will graft. Six days you will work. On the seventh day you will rest. That is how God created Adam. 
He created him to work. Today people don't want to work hard. They want a lifestyle. It's not in the Bible. Your job is your portion. Hard work is a reward from God for you. Good health is a blessing from God so you can execute your duty in the workplace. So don't complain. Remember God gave Adam the garden before sin came. Hard work is not part of the fall of man. Hard work is how you were created. Six days. On the seventh day you will rest. Today people work a few days a week and they're tired. I talk to some people, they're tired all the time. They've come back from a holiday and they're tired again. Then they go for a long weekend and they're tired again. It's a state of mind. It's a state of mind because if you are busy, if you're occupied, if you're working hard, you will refuel yourself and regenerate yourself. You won't always be tired and complaining. So everybody feels like quitting, but quitting is irrelevant. And please don't join the quitters club. Ever heard of the quitters club? No, because everybody who joined it quit. In the journey of life, fans and critics don't matter. There's no statue ever built for any critic. Oh, I am a, I critique drama or I critique movies. Whoopie doopie doopie doo. Never did I see a statue built for anybody that's a, a, a professional critic. I wonder what's going to happen when you get to heaven. You're criticizing every pastor. You're criticizing every bishop. You're criticizing everything that's alive on planet earth. And you think God is pleased with you. There's no ministry like that. That's despicable if you always talk about everybody else. In any marathon, listen, you will come across barking dogs. Why are they barking? Because they want to go where you are going and they can't. They have fenced themselves in. You don't stop. You don't see a marathon runner stop and entertain a little barking dog. He just runs and ignores that barking dog, like my dog Rocco. I'm going to show you a picture of him one day. Everybody knows about him. Uh, Pitbull Terrier, 50 kilograms, black and beautiful. And um, um, he... He is a snob dog, you understand? So when all these little yappers, when I take him walking and all these yappers, yap, 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 he just walks. <laughs> Speak to the hand. Hebrews chapter 12 to the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. So what people say don't matter. Stay on call, stay on track. People will love you, people will betray you. One day Hosanna, next day crucify you. It's called life. You're not above Christ. Bible says the servant is not above his master. If they persecuted Jesus, they'll persecute you. If they spoke about Jesus, they'll speak about you. If they attack Jesus, they will attack you. But pay them no mind. They are just little yappers, little barking dogs 
going absolutely no, nowhere. So sadly, most men, because they don't stay in the journey of life, never enter the years of productivity. Listen to this interesting thing. I know for most of you, you are under 30. This is not applicable to you, but bear in mind what I have to say. An extensive study in the United States of America found that the most productive years of an adult male who stayed on course is between 60 and 70 years of age. Back in the old South Africa, every white person lived to retire for at 55. You spoke at people and all they could talk about is, I can't wait for 55 to go retire. 55, give me a heavenly break. 55, you are not even out of the starting blocks. 55, you have just learned what life is all about. Not time to retire, time to refire in the name of Jesus Christ. It says the second most productive stages of a human being is from 70 to 80 years. That's why you have to look after your body. You have to go gym a little bit, keep the weight off as much as possible because if you've got a little frame that warrants uh, 120 kilograms and you're now 190 kilograms, that little frame is being put under pressure and you are shortening your lifespan. You understand that? It's not an insult because your heart has to work harder. Your joints have to work harder. That's why we try and keep in shape, lean, thank you. We look after our body. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect. It means take care of your temple. Because if your temple are wasted when you are 60, you're never gonna be in the most productive years of your life. If all you do is smoke and drink and pop tablets, you are not going to be in a good space when you are 60 and 70 and experience the great years of glory and productivity that God has for you. So the third most productive stage in, a, in the life of a human being is between 50 and 60. So you have not even entered phase one of your potential. And if you are already successful and you are not gonna get a self-inflated ego and distracted with the wealth and the blessing that God gives you, imagine what God is going to do because you will be able to double your company, double your business, double your influence every five year. Then the curve goes like that, exponential. The average age of the Nobel, Nobel Prize, win, Prize winner, Prize winner is 62 years of age, not 32. Nobody, sorry, I talk to politicians now and they listen a little bit. But when I was 40, I thought everybody listens to me. They just don't pay you any attention. Not the decision makers. All you do is toy toy. Did he just say toy toy? Yes. It's a lot of noise that nobody takes serious. And I'm not talking about the physically toy-toying there. I'm talking about toy-toying, throwing your toys out the cot. Nobody takes you serious. That's why this young generation has no voice with the government. That's why the older generation do not step up now, 60 and above. There will be no 
next church generation that gets the government's attention. Because you walk in there as a 30-year-old to a pastor, a president, that's 70-something years old. Do you think he's ever going to take you serious? It doesn't mean that you don't have significance. It means it's not your time. So your big mouth on social media is all it is. No impact. A lot of noise, no impact. So stop that nonsense. The average age of a president of prominent secular companies in the world is 63. The average age of pastors in America with the largest 100 churches, 71. The average age of popes, 76. There's hope for me. Amen. Hallelujah. Pope Art. <laughs> Hallelujah. This tells us in a way that it's been determined that the best years of your life, listen, is between 60 and 80. And I'm going to say it again. If you are not healthy, it's not going to be great years. That's why you have to look after your, your body when you're 30, 40. You have to look after your diet. 30, 40. There are many diseases that could be prevented. I say this to ladies all the time and they don't listen to me. They look at me like I'm talking Spanish and I can't talk Spanish. And I say to them, you, you have to gym. No, I'm not going to gym. I just yoga a little bit. I say, okay, you can yoga, yoga, but you have to do more than yoga. You have to gym because you have to put, you have to work with weights. You have to put um, uh, pressure on your bones to prevent osteoporosis when you are 50 and 60 and 70. What you do now determines your posture when you are 60, 70 and 80. And if your best years are there, can you think that far? Then you put in what you have to put in now to ensure that you have a healthy, strong mind, a healthy body, a strong spirit that sustains you, healthy, defined, and I want to make it very clear, healthy, defined relationships. Not any relationships, healthy, defined relationships that will aid you and strengthen you to be the best you and to finish your race strong on the earth. Because what you sow today, you may not see tomorrow, but the harvest is heading your way. You smoke a hundred cigarettes a day, you may be okay when you are 20, when you are 30, when you are 40, 50, 60. You have to walk with an oxygen thing and you have to walk with an oxygen can and you don't live a life. And that is then your most productive years that you should have. If you are jumping around from relationship to relationship in your 20s, you are messing yourself up emotionally. You are building soul tie after soul tie after soul tie so that when you are later on in life, you cannot settle down. That's why what you do in your teenage years, in your 20s, in your 30s, matter. Because it's determining who you are becoming. It's determining how you will finish for His glory. You talk to how many people and they're 50, they have no vision. I meet some people that were at school with me and I'm not saying I'm looking great, but I mean, they look ancient compared to me because they are still doing what we did when I was at school. Hey, ons drink, waar is Lekker, hey. Hey, ek ons drink, bykie vanavond, man. Wat doen julle nou? Hey, lekker braai vlees. Bykie, 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 bykie braai vlees, bykie bier. Bykie, bykie, bykie. Nee, nou raak, hulle blijf ons so, hy raak ons nie groot nie. 
Jy gaan nou reunie toe, 20 jaar aan, praat hier die selle, hy lyk die selle, hy praat die selle, sy, sy maag is nou net drie keer groter, van al die bier wat hy drink, amper sê ek sy, en dan sê jy om 10 jaar later, dan lyk jy nog ouwe, dan lyk jy 70, jy wil vir hom oom sê, maar dan onthou jy, was saam met jy op school, The benefits of following Christ far outweighs not following Christ. Not only does it give you a, 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 a guarantee of eternal salvation, it gives you a quality of life that nothing else can guarantee you in every area of your life. It affects every area of your life. It gives you a better life. That's what Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have more abundance. But you have to respect the life and the principles and the process. I can't do what I want to do, put into this body what I want to put into this body and not realize whatever I put into this body will reflect in my body. Sometimes through a disease, because I never respected who I am, where I am. I never checked the scale. I never did what I needed to do when I did not want to do it. Right? I mean, I don't gym just to look good. I gym because it's the right thing to do. Because I have to keep this body strong because my spirit is strong. I need to keep the body strong so I can run for God when I'm 80 years old, right? Like Caleb, that was 85 years old. He still climbed a mountain. I figured that out when I was 30 years old. When there was no gym culture, I realized, you better take care of your body. The body goes, you go. You better take care of the temple. Can he put in your thing care of your knee? Gosh, it won't be naughty. It's like the person says, I don't know where all this weight comes from. No, neither do I. It's called calories. It's called eating when nobody else is watching. <laughs> oh my word, now I'm in dangerous territory. Be the best version of you. Within 20 kilograms this way or that way. <laughs> oh Jesus, when I talk about this, people give me the look. It's like, what are you talking about? It's, uh, it's okay. You know, do whatever you want to do and shorten your life. It's okay. But look after yourself. And then when you truly are a person of experience and wealth and knowledge and you've sorted yourself out where your arrogance is dealt with, your, your, your pride is dealt with, your vain ambitions are dealt with, now you somebody God can use. Because it's not about you anymore. When you're young, it is. It is just a process. When you are young, you want the best God. You want this and you want this. And you want to be in the right groups. And you want to put your selfies everywhere so people can like, 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 like. It's okay. It's a phase. But please get through it. So you can get on to the serious things called life, journey. Build what God has for you. You don't have to be in the Heisgenoot to be significant. (laughs) 
A study published in the New England Journal of Medicine found that at the age 60, you reach the top of your potential. So we're talking about American study, uh, now UK. You reach your potential when you're 60. Huh? Think about that. If you're in the process of growth, not in the process of sitting and caving. I see people waste away. It is for me a very, very sad thing when you watch people who actually are so gifted and so strong and so that were so driven at some stage in their lives that when they reach a certain place where there's no need for money, how they just lose themselves and it just becomes a chaotic life of just nothing. Just seeking to just retire. Where in the Bible do you see a scripture of retirement? Where? There's not a scripture in this Bible that talks about retiring. You run strong. You can change things when you're 70 or 80. But until then, stay in the race, keep the pace, stop complaining, work hard. Many of you, many of our families during this COVID lost their businesses, lost contracts. I spoke to somebody the other day, they, they late in their 50s, early 60s, and they're starting new businesses, etc. And for that, those people I wanna say, hey, you're in the prime of your life. Everything you learned in your past businesses, you are gonna use that and your business will go like this. You are gonna go through the roof because you are smart. You're not a quitter. You don't give up. You know what to do. You've got life's experience and there's nothing that beats it. Nothing beats experience. That's what makes you strong. Experience. I've been there. I've been there. And I've got up from it. I've been there. And I've beaten it. I've been there. And I'm stronger for it. I've been there. And I'm back. I'm stronger today than I was yesterday. There's no quitting me. Because greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. Shout Amen. Come on. In the name of Jesus. So I want to close here. I want to close. Because I don't want to bore you. Value what matters most. When retired successful people were asked what they regret most, successful people, people that were billionaires in the world's terms. And, they, and the question was asked, what would you do differently? The number one thing they said, I would have spent more time with my family, which is a difficult juggling act, especially if you are in established and in establishing phase. I remember, obviously in my own life, I'm a driven personality. And when we established the ministry, I ran like uh, five o'clock in the morning till 12 o'clock at night, every day of my life. That's it. And I was everywhere. Bloemfontein, Pretoria, everywhere. In between, one week here, one week there, everywhere else, etc. And we had to really juggle our personal lives to make sure that we spend time with our kids. And um, Chanel lived in Pretoria. The other two kids lived in Bloemfontein. And uh, we had to juggle it. So I understand when there's the pressure and the burden of responsibility, the call of God, the, the explosive growth, everything that comes with that. Don't sacrifice what matters most. Don't sacrifice your family 
your family matters. You may not always have time every day, but if you do not have time, make it up. Take your family away, have quality vacations. By that I'm not saying be tired and go away every weekend. By that I'm saying is work hard, but then play hard and spend time together with your family, amen. The second thing they said is, I should not have taken myself so serious. I can say amen to that one. The third thing is, I should have taken more risks. Successful people. So what matters most in life? Number one, your relationship with God. Write it down. Number two, your relationship with your spouse if you're married. Number three, your relationship with your children. Number four, your relationship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. What matters most? Integrity. Who you are when no one is watching. Except God. Watching from a distance. And His angels are all around you. <laughs> so when you think you're alone, you're not. <laughs> The angels are there because the Bible says His angel will encamp around you. Don't let the angel turn his back on you because of what you are getting up to. Number six, faithfulness matters. Faithfulness. 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 I'm going to talk about these things because these are values that we were raised on that people don't understand today. They're faithful as long as it suits them. Faithful. Stick it out when you don't feel like it. Faithful. Faithful. Reliable. Dependable. Trustworthy. Loyalty matters. Loyalty. Loyal. Loyal to the cause. Loyal to your spouse. Loyal to the church where God places you. Loyal. Loyal. Accountability matters. Not a law unto yourself. Hard work and discipline matters. Your personal convictions matter. Your moral character matters. As a matter of fact, the Roman Empire that was one of the greatest empires that ever existed on planet Earth, their downfall was because of a moral decay. Study history. They were the most powerful militant uh, force in the earth. What caused their downfall? Moral decay. All the nobles, all the aristocrats stopped serving the people. And that moral decay caused a whole empire to crumble and fall. Generosity matters. You know, when you go eat with your friends and everybody ducks for the toilet when the time comes to pay the bill, it's a sad thing. I don't eat with people that are stingy. I pay the bill the first time. If you don't offer to pay the bill the second time, I'll never eat with you again in my life. I made that decision like 100 years ago. You, you can offer it, I'll pay it. But if you don't offer, I ain't eating with you again. Because I don't like stingy people in my personal space. I love you, but I don't like stinginess. 
share the bill. But my word, you know, if these boys took my girl out and they told my girls to pay half the bill, I would have told them, kick that boy under his backside, get rid of him. What matters? Servanthood. Serving your company. Serving your boss. Serving your church. Serving as a volunteer. Serving on a committee. Servanthood. He that would be great in God's kingdom learn to be servant. Not learn to be great. Greatness follows servanthood. Promotion follows faithfulness. If you are faithful in the little, you will be ruler over much. He says, if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? So people are users and abusers. They use companies. They use churches. They use people to get knowledge, to get what they can, to go do what they want to do. God can't bless it and He will not bless it because God is a faithful God. God is a loyal God. God doesn't break relationship. God is not a divider. God is not a scatterer. God is not a deceiver. God is God because of His Word. He's a God of integrity. What matters is being constant and consistent. What matters is your worldview. Your worldview. Some young guys, all they can talk about is rugby, IPL, rugby, IPL, rugby, IPL, rugby, IPL, and IPL. Who wants to date a guy like that? <laughs> Who wants to date a guy like that? That the only conversation is rugby, cricket, and Braifleis. And what drink was for now? What drink was for now? What drink was for now? Is that why yes? You better grow it for now. Want jy gaan nie een goeie meisie kry nie. Jy gaan nie een goeie vrou kry nie. En jy gaan nie raai vrou hou nie. Want sy gaan vir by jou groei. Dan gaan vir sy vir jou skop. Dan moet jy nie kom halleluja nie. Living life beyond yourself matters. Meaning other people matter. Social justice matters. The things that touch the Father's heart should matter to you as a young person. Your life is not just your journey. Jesus taught us to pray our Father, give us our daily needs. So my life is intertwined with your life and your life is intertwined with somebody else's life. And as South Africans, our lives are intertwined with one another. So we cannot fight one another, black against white and white against black. We cannot have this racial rhetoric that politicians will use because our lives are intertwined one with another. Shining as a light wherever you are matters. Being a witness for Christ matters. Commitment matters. Way beyond your feelings. Your word matters. Maybe the most important thing. 
your word. Pastor, I'm behind you. Next year you are gone. What did you mean when you said I'm with you? Oh no, the Lord told me. So the Lord is confused? So the Lord says this, then the Lord said that? No, you confused. You are double-minded. You don't want to stick it out in the difficult times. Your word is not worth the very words that you spoke if you cannot hold your word, even if it's against your own hurt. You are your word. Well, the Lord is leading us on. And then three years later, you hear those people, the Lord led them on again. And then the Lord led them all again. Stop blaming God for your foolishness. Stop blaming God for your lack of commitment and honouring your word. When you give your word, you have given your word and you stand by your word in Jesus' Name. Amen. Then finally, every human being matters. Number five, realise that every day counts. 1 Timothy 4 verse 12, Paul writes to Timothy, he says, no one despise your youth, but be an example, young people, to believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, to not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to doctrine. Continue in them for doing, in the, the, doing this. You will save both yourself and those who hear you. So every day, either you're progressing or regressing. Every day you're moving forward or backwards. Now I use the gym as a simple example because you can all identify with it. If you don't go to gym for two weeks, you can feel it. You get weaker. You don't retain your muscle mass if you haven't gone to gym for four weeks and you think you're just gonna go back and do the same leg presses and the same bench press, it doesn't work that way. You either progress or you regress in every area of your life, every day. You're moving forwards or you're moving backwards in your thoughts, in your walk with God, in your business, in your attitude, in your marriage, your relationships. He says, give yourself. What is the key? The Word. You give yourself to the Word because the Word of God's gonna keep you on track so that your progress is evident. We are fixing this building now in Pretoria because the builders who built this building did a bad job. So they're paying for most of this. By the way, let me just say that. No insult to anybody because it's part of the contract. So the deterioration was visible to everybody, right? Cracks, things going wrong, plaster falling off. Everybody can see it on a building. Do you think people can't see it on you? Do you think when people see you and they haven't seen you for a year, they don't think, wow, he looks good. Or what's happened to him? People see it. Do we? This is a marathon. This is a journey. This is called life. 
How you live it is up to you. We can blame everybody else. There will be opponents, opposers, critics, betrayers. It's guaranteed in the Bible. There will be opposition to your mission. There will be things that will happen. There will be pains. There will be tribulations. There will be trials. There will be things that are happening. But you need to have that resilience, guts, determination that I'm in it for the long haul. I'm in it with the end in mind. I'm going to finish strong. And as a parent, I'm going to raise my children. As I said this morning, I'm going to raise my grandchildren in the ways of God. I'm not going to be one of these fluctuating individuals in the world that tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, not stable, not sound, not settled. Those people get nowhere in life. You make up your mind to put your feet firmly on solid ground which is Jesus Christ Himself and you pursue Him and you love His Word more than anything else and you study the principles of God's Word and embrace the seasons of your life. In your 20s, you should learn everything you can. In your 30s, you should continue to learn and yearn. In your 40s, you will earn if you've done the process right in your 20s and 30s and continue to learn. Never stop learning. In your 50s, you only hit your stride. Think what is ahead of you. Put your failures behind you. Put your mishaps behind you. Put your mistakes behind you. Put your tragedies behind you. Put your bad memories behind you and get committed to the journey, this journey called life, that you may live it for the glory of God. Come on, and that you may run this race in a spirit of excellence every day, counting the cost. Come on, making a difference, making your life count for something, so that one day you may be able to say as the Apostle Paul, I have run the race, I have kept the faith, I have finished my course and finally there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness. Finally, I will stand before Jesus Christ and receive what I was born for. I never lost myself down here. I lived down here. I had a great life down here. I was the top down here. I accomplished great things for God down here. But I never lost myself in the journey called life. I lived the full life. I stood before King Agrippa. I appeared in Rome. That was the call of God for my life. No devil could stop me. No shipwreck could stop me. No betrayal could stop me. No opposition could stop me. No trial, test, tribulation could stop me. The Lord shut the lion's mouth every time the lion came against me because I was not finished. I was not done. My assignment was not finished. And I say that to you tonight, my brother and my sister. Your future is ahead of you. Your best days are ahead of you. 20 year old, 30 year old, 40 year old, 50 year old, 60 year old, 70 year old. Get up and go. Get up with renewed energy. Get up with renewed vigor and live this life for the glory of God in Jesus' name. Shout Amen and give Him a praise. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take a seat for a moment, please. The end is better than the beginning. Although the beginning is good, and there has to be a beginning in any journey, it's how you end. As surely as I stand here today, we will all die. I don't care how many anti-aging things you use. Though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. Dust to dust, ashes to ashes. The other day, just outside one of the estates, a seven-year-old girl was killed by a taxi. Every day there are tragedies all around us. Time. Now. It's all you have. A moment can define eternity. One moment. One decision. Maybe you've walked in here tonight, there in Bloomington, in Johannesburg, in Cape Town, Durban, Belito, one of our churches, Potsdam, in George. And you've lost yourself in this journey. It happens. It happens to the best of the best. People lose themselves. Tonight you can come back. Tonight you can recover. Tonight you can receive a new beginning. Tonight you can get back into the game. And I'm talking about your pursuit of Christ. Point number one, live with eternity in mind. We have to. We have to. When we step out of this world, we step into another world. And there's not a purgatory. There's not a second chance. You're not coming back as a cockroach to be redeemed. You have this life. And that boyfriend that sits next to you, that's causing that compromise in your life, how long will you tolerate that? How long? Will you allow Him to rob you of what God has for you? Your future. You may be 24 today. You have 60 years ahead of you, but sometimes we are so caught in, an, in, a, in a vacuum of now or a place of emotionalism that we lose focus of what it's all about. It's about Him and it's about you. It's about your life. It's about what He has for you. And it starts in a place of surrender to Jesus Christ, giving Him everything. And tonight He's not here as a judge. He's as a Savior, calling you to come to Him. Because what else is there? Many of you have been in the world. What did it give you? Many of you have been in relationships. What did it give you? And still you go back there. What is it going to give you? If it, ne it never satisfied you before, why will it now? It will not. Have to surrender your life to Him. Surrender your life to Jesus Christ. 
and start this journey afresh. I want every head bowed, every eye closed, no one moving. You say, Pastor, you're talking to me tonight. I need a fresh start with God, a new beginning. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to give myself to Jesus. Maybe like the prodigal, you've lost your, you've left your father's house. Tonight, you're sitting in this place. There's a stirring in your heart. Van aans het jy in die plek. Ek kritiseer jy nie, man. Ek het gerook, gedrink. Ek was daar. Ek weet wat het is, man. Ek kan nie met my kom praat en sê, ek verstaan, ek verstaan. Ek verstaan waarom mense doen wat hulle doen. Maar ek sê vir jou, het gaan nie vir jou vrede en geluk bring nie. Het gaan nie. Het gaan jou dieper in die verderfenlijn, dieper in die gat vat. Het gaan jou vrede en jou vreegte steel. Het gaan jou saligheid steel. Jy wil nie alwees nie. You will have to besluit neem. You want to put your life in the hands of Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Tonight, God's talking to many of you. You say tonight, I want to commit my life to Jesus. I want to surrender all to Jesus. I need a new beginning with God. If that's your desire, quietly, wherever you are, I want to pray for you. If that's you, just quietly lift your hand quickly all over this place. Slip up your hand. I want to say a prayer for you quickly. Raise it up now. Jesus' name. Unashamedly, just raise it up. Raise it up. Thank you. God bless you. Many hands. God bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. God bless you, bless you. At the back, all those hands. God bless you, bless you, bless you. God bless you. God bless you. This is your decision, right? Jesus died for you. This is your decision. It doesn't matter what people think. Last of all, God praat met you vanavond as a voeling hier binnen. Dis God, man. Dis God wat met you praat. Nie ad bos of nie. Dit wat nie hard gebeur. Is ver verby my. Is God wat in jou hart werk. Kree jou saak reg met die Heere vanavond. Tel jou hand van die God, dat is geen oordeel nie. Sê, sluit my na die gebed en tel jou hand van die God in Jesus naam. Quickly, lift your hand. Now, Jesus name. Slip your hand up. Thank you. God bless you. Raise it up. Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, keep on inviting your world to church. Bring the lost. Bring the sinners. Because the only thing we can take to heaven are people, right? Live with eternity in mind when you go visit your friends. Don't just have these meaningless discussions. Obviously visit with people, etc. But then bring meaning to that evening. Somewhere. Somewhere. I'm not saying we have to live insulated or isolated we have to be insulated not isolated but we have to carry what we have otherwise what is our faith people are lost without Jesus Christ put your hand on your heart please pray with me everybody in all our churches tonight, the many there in Bloomingdale in all our churches, pray this. Everybody in the building, pray with me tonight. Come on, God hears you. This is your personal prayer to Jesus tonight. Say this, Lord Jesus, tonight I give my life back to you. I surrender all to you. I open my heart and I invite you to take your place. It's my Lord and Savior. I believe you died for all my sin. I believe that you rose from the dead. And you are alive. Tonight, I confess you as my Lord, my Savior, and my Deliverer. Heal my hurt. Forgive my sin. Wash me in your blood. Give me the power tonight to live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen.
and amen and amen. Come on, upon the confession of your faith, your sins are forgiven. You go and sin no more. May God's grace be multiplied to you and may this that God is doing in your life be sealed by the Holy Ghost and by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. May every work of darkness be broken over your life, every soul tie be broken over your life and may you experience freedom and liberty from tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.